It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented by FantasyPoints.com. You want to know why? Because Joe Dolan owns FantasyPoints.com which means it's awesome with John Hansen. And we've had a bunch of them on here. They're awesome. It's the best site I'm aware of for fantasy football information. But they got other – I mean, they got Greg Cosell's draft breakdowns. Are you kidding me? That's worth signing up for just in and of itself. In addition to all the fantasy stuff, fantasypoints.com. Use the code FEAST so they know we sent you. That's the key. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Now I got a bunch of media gigs. I love football. I love podcasts. We've got Even Money podcast tomorrow. We did the power rankings on the Ross Tucker football podcast today. And the College Draft podcast with Emery Hunt today. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We are at Ross Tucker pod. He is at FG underscore Dolan recording this a day earlier this week than we normally do because of some travel issues and scheduling and that's the way it works this time of year so I guess I'll start with that Joe anything different about your analysis recording this on a Tuesday as opposed to a Wednesday well we don't know as much about injuries so um you fortunately um, sometimes injuries will pop up on Wednesday, but quite frankly, Ross, how many times have we done the podcast this year on a Wednesday where we have to keep an eye on this and it's going to be the same thing, uh, this coming week, we, we know who's going to be injured, who's dang, who is dinged up. Um, and also in week 15, you and I have to focus quite a bit less on, on speculative stuff. Hey, down the road, there is no down the road. We're at the end of the road right now. So it, guys who are relevant this week, I mean, the only thing might be some guys who might be coming back from injury, and we will get to that. But certainly, there, this is the end of the road. There is no more down the road here. There's no reason to say, oh, you know, I might might as well pick up that guy. He might be good in a couple weeks. Well, great. Good, good. That That's not going to help you, but good. He might be good in a couple weeks in the wild card round. So that that's the thing that's different right now. We know who's dinged up. We're still going to have to watch some statuses. Uh, but certainly, Ross, it is a uh, it, we're at the end of the road here. And for the most part, I think people who are alive this week kind of know what their teams are going to All right, Joe, let's start with Thursday night. We've got the Chargers and the Raiders. Seems like the Raiders are a pretty good team to have fantasy guys up against these days. Yeah, so they just fired defensive coordinator Paul Gunther, so that would fully explain to you exactly what they they thought of their defense, Ross. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, uh, according to Football Outsiders, they have the number 28 overall defense in DVOA. That's not good. That's fifth worst in the NFL, including the league's worst rushing defense by DVOA. And what do we have on the Chargers side of the football? We have injuries at wide receiver. Anthony Lynn didn't come out and say anything specific about Keenan Allen, but he did say Keenan Allen was sore, and that's why he wasn't in the game at the end of last week against uh, Atlanta in that victory. Uh, Mike Williams injured his back. He has back issues dating back to his time at Clemson and neck issues. So he has had injuries uh, throughout his career uh, to the neck and to the back. That's a concern. 
So uh, Anthony Lynn and Justin Herbert this week were talking up Tyron Johnson, uh, who is a, a receiver, second-year guy out of Oklahoma State. And uh, he he's somebody who has some speed, and they uh, were impressed with him getting to make some plays in a tough spot last week against Atlanta. But you would think this is going to be just based on everything we know about the Raider defense, based on the fact that the Chargers have some injuries, this is going to be an utterly massive game for Austin Eckler. Yeah, sounds like it. What about on the other side when the Raiders have the ball? You know, for a team that has actually scored quite a few points, Ross, like they, they haven't been really good for fantasy with the exception of Darren Waller. And I don't know if you were uh, what, what you were doing on Sunday, but did you see the Josh Jacobs situation? Yes, when uh, he said he, when he said he wasn't going to play, and then he did. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't know why he did that. I, I mean, I guess he's sick of fantasy people complaining, which I don't like. By the way, don't do that. Don't like don't go to your don't go to Instagram comments and yell at players because they had a bad game or especially because they got hurt. That one really drives me nuts. Uh, but Josh Jacobs uh, went on Instagram and before the game trolled people and said, I'm not playing. Ha ha ha. F you fantasy. Literally, that's what he said. Um, but then he ended up playing, but he didn't have a great game. Um, the Chargers here, their uh, their defense is it's pretty good at this point. Um I think Jacobs is an RB2. If I'm playing a wide receiver from Vegas, it's going to be Nelson Aguilar at this stage. Nobody else is trustworthy. Aguilar is a wide receiver three. Um, I think I think that Darren Waller is obviously a tight end one. And you can probably do better at quarterback than Derek Carr. Though I will point out, this this game does have an over-under of 53.5, which is pretty high. And Derek Carr has been putting up numbers. It's just... Uh, there's just something missing with this team right now. And obviously they're scrambling for answers given they fired the defensive coordinator. Moving on to the next game. And actually, I, I think this game is really interesting from a uh, lot of different perspectives, including a betting perspective mm-hmm. over at DraftKings. It's the Bills and the Broncos. I love the Saturday slate. Now, it's a little bit different this year because there's college football games that day, like a lot of them. Yeah, But we still have two Saturday games. Two standalone Saturday games on DraftKings, Joe. The Bills are favored by six and a half against the Broncos. The total is fifty points. Are there still are there still some Saturday slates you can play where it's just oh yeah Saturday games at Draft? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be able to do that. You're going to be able to do like Thursday, Saturday stuff like that, um, and then obviously full slate. So there is definitely going to be some people really interested in this game. So let's talk about you know Buffalo and what's going on there. I mean, look, uh, Josh Allen is just playing at a superior level right now. I mean, I I, I, I watching that game against Pittsburgh. I don't think there was ever a point in that game where Pittsburgh looked like the better football team. I, I just don't think there was ever a point Pittsburgh looked like the better football team. And Buffalo is coming out now against Den, uh, against Denver, and I think Buffalo is probably going to be able to do what Buffalo wants to do. The worst one thing to watch this week, will Josh Allen get – um, John Brown back. Will he get John Brown back in this game? Because he is coming off of a, he's going to be activated to practice. So that's going to be something to watch. Um, but Stefan Diggs, you can't sit him right, right now. Uh, 10 catches for 130 yards last week. Um, and with the Bills a seven-point favorite, I thought it was pretty interesting that Zach Moss was kind of their go-to running back. He was their guy. Um, 
He was their guy in in the situations where they were winning at the end of the game. He had 13 carries. So keep an eye on Zach Moss there. I think if the Bills choose to run the ball, if they're ahead, he might be the guy in this game. But ultimately, as it's been all year, it is about Buffalo's passing game. Cole Beasley, 10 targets last week. Didn't do as much with them, but he had 10 targets. Gabriel Davis making some plays. He got in the end zone. If John Brown can't play, he's on the wide receiver three radar. But Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, I mean, these guys are hammers, and these guys are are putting you in a position to win your fantasy championships. What about Denver? You know, K.J. Hamler showed some life. Drew Locke did some good things. Anything there in this matchup? Uh, uh, so the thing about Drew Locke is I hearken back to something Greg Cosell said on this podcast and he said on our website. There is something there. And I think his mechanics have been a mess. Um, but you watch a game like he played last week and you see um, the fact that he's got the big arm. Um, he's willing to turn it loose. There is something there. And I think it's kind of the hardest situation that the Broncos are in right now. Because I think Drew Locke has shown enough to go out there and say, hey, look, we should probably give him another shot. But he's also, if you're on the other end of that spectrum and you're like, he hasn't shown enough and or the flashes are too inconsistent, I, I can buy that argument too. So I think they're in a tough spot right now and they just got to evaluate Drew Locke down the stretch here. But ultimately, this is not a very good fantasy team. You know, KJ Hamler, um, uh, he was a good DFS punt play last week. Obviously, you flop the nuts if you used him in DFS. Um, but Jerry Judy hasn't gotten it done on a consistent basis. Tim Patrick is still Drew Locke's guy in the red zone. He scored a touchdown again last week. However, um, you wonder if Tredavious White is going to match up to Tim Patrick on the perimeter. I don't know who they choose. Would they choose Judy? Would they choose uh, Tim Patrick? Would they choose anybody here? So it's a, it's a kind of a precarious matchup on the perimeter for Denver's receivers. Uh, no, Noah Fant got uh, sick last week. He had a stomach issue. So he got, he gave you a zero. He's kind of a low-end tight end one. And these running back, Philip Lindsay, by the way, should be nowhere near a fantasy lineup right now. Been saying that for weeks, but he shouldn't be. Um, he's just not very good. Um, and, and Melvin Gordon has become the back that they kind of trust. But he's really only a flex. Denver is not a great fantasy team right now. This is a tough spot in uh, – uh, well, not in Buffalo. They're uh, they're actually at home. But it is a tough spot against Buffalo, a team that is looking like a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Uh, if you have a Bronco in your lineup, it's as no more than a flex or a wide receiver three. The other game on Saturday. So if you're doing a Saturday slate at DraftKings or you just like to wager on standalone games at DraftKings, you've got the Packers hosting the Carolina Panthers. The Packers are favored by eight and a half. More importantly, for our purposes here on the Fantasy Feast podcast, the game total is 51. And it's certainly nice that this is right after the Broncos game, Joe, because it certainly seemed like against Carolina, points can be had. Fantasy guys can have big games. I'm wondering what that means for the non-Devontae Adams people in Green Bay. So they're kind of annoying right now um, because you're you're finally like last week against Philadelphia or two weeks ago against Philadelphia rather. Um, Marquez Valdez Scantling gets open down the field like seventy yards down the field and he drops a ball that hits him in the chest. Then he comes back last week and he goes six for eighty five on six targets, making big plays across the field. He gets in the end zone. Um, so right now I have to say Marquez Valdez-Scantling is the better number two receiver here. And certainly, as you mentioned, in this matchup, a high projected total, he is a viable wide receiver three in this game. 
Robert Tunyon is a top five fantasy tight end on the season. So that is a really good option right now. Tunyon, I think, is somebody you can roll with here. Uh, if you have been, I think he scored now in four straight games. So you put Robert Tunyon in your lineup. Aaron Rodgers looks for him in the red zone. You obviously know Rodgers and Devontae Adams are in your lineup th- this week. I'm not breaking any news there. The only other thing that's kind of concerning to me is how much they split up this backfield with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. I, I guess they're just keeping Aaron Jones fresh. He's clearly the better option. But he isn't the slam dunk RB1 that you've kind of hoped for from him. He's been somebody who's been kind of touchdown reliant. And that's been a little bit disappointing. But somebody is going to suffer here with Aaron Rodgers playing at an MVP level. And it's been the run game. That's what's been suffering. As for the Panthers. Two questions. The Packers defense, it's not great. No, it's not great, but we have a couple of questions here. Is Christian McCaffrey going to play, and is DJ Moore going to come off the COVID list? And those those two questions right now are unanswerable. The, the, the good news is I can tell you exactly what to do if McCaffrey plays. If he plays, you play him. If he doesn't play, you play Mike Davis. Mike Davis was a top-five fantasy running back last week. Um, he hadn't been that good since early in McCaffrey's injuries, but if McCaffrey can't go, then you play Mike Davis. If he can go, then you play Christian McCaffrey. Nice and easy. Um, You're playing either one of those guys, depending on what the injury status is. If DJ Moore goes, I'm interested to see what what, uh, Green Bay does defensively. They can selectively shadow with Jair Alexander, though they do play a lot of zone. They can selectively shadow with Jair Alexander. If DJ Moore doesn't play, you would guess that that's going to be Robbie Anderson, if anybody. Um, uh, But Curtis Samuel got involved later in that game. And, you know, I don't really think Teddy Bridgewater played very well against Denver. Uh, He went 30 of 40 for 283, but he took a lot of stacks and really seemed like he didn't have a whole lot of pocket presence. So I want to see him clean that up. I was surprised to see how poorly Teddy Bridgewater played in that game. But Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, these guys in a projected high-scoring game, I would consider them high-end wide receiver threes and obviously with a much higher ceiling if uh, uh, if DJ Moore cannot play. Okay, we're on to Sunday. Seahawks and the Washington football team. The big question, of course, surrounding Alex Smith's status, which I would think makes a pretty big difference for Terry McLaurin and the Sims and anybody else. Well, the the problem with Terry McLaurin is he's not making a big difference right now. His numbers have kind of gone in the toilet, and he's in a mini, mini slump here, catching two passes for 14 yards two weeks ago and two passes for 24 yards last week. And obviously, um, one of those games was with Alex Smith the whole way so you're looking at that and you're saying well it doesn't matter who the quarterback is I mean I still think it matters I want Alex Smith to play quarterback if I have Terry McLaurin but his numbers have have registered him as kind of like a wide receiver three right now for for uh, fantasy playoffs and don't look now but Seattle is getting more stingy against wide receivers. So this has become a matchup that was super exploitable early in the year, but Jamal Adams has been back. Carlos Dunlap has added something to their pass rush, and it has become a much stingier matchup. Right now for Washington, well, you have to keep an eye on Antonio Gibson's status, but I don't think he's going to play. J.D. McKissick is an RB2. He had a really nice game last week, even though he only caught two passes. He he ate up chunks of yardage against San Fran, averaging over six yards per carry. Um, Logan Thomas is a low-end tight end one. McLaurin's a wide receiver three. Um, You hope Alex Smith plays, but it is not a very good fantasy team right now. There's no two ways about that. Seahawks, meanwhile, 
did, did you look at that as them getting back on track, fire everybody up, or it was the Jets? It was the Jets, but it was kind of both. Like, you go out, Russ, Russ does what Russ does. Russ does what teams do to the Jets. He threw four touchdown passes. Keep an eye on DK Metcalf. He did twist his ankle a little bit. I don't think there's any reason to worry there. But DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Metcalf's an, a wide receiver one. Lockett's a wide receiver two. Chris Carson is an RB1. I thought it was great to see that they were able to sit him down um, against the Jets in the third quarter because uh, uh, Pete Carroll came out last week and said he's not 100%. So you start him as an RB1. Russell Wilson is obviously a QB1. But at this stage, um, you uh, you know who you're playing from the Seattle Seahawks. And it's the same guys every week. Houston is at Indy. Pretty disappointing performance by Houston against Chicago offensively there's even I was on Houston radio this morning there's debate about whether or not they should even play Deshaun Watson the rest of the year Um, I'm curious to get your thoughts on what's going on there with them well I mean finally the levy broke here with Deshaun Watson I mean he has no weapons whatsoever Brandon Cooks was out last week um, and they just couldn't move the football with any sort of consistency I thought Deshaun played valiantly like I think you can make a legitimate argument that he's playing as well as any quarterback in the NFL right now given the circumstances uh but ultimately if they don't have Brandon Cooks obviously Will Fuller's gone they cut Kenny Stills if they don't have those guys you can make the argument that just like there's just nothing positive for Deshaun Watson uh aside from the fact that he's a really good football player and you and you have to take that into account remember two weeks ago these two teams played and Watson threw for 341 he didn't throw a touchdown in that game but he ran for one um so Deshaun Watson I think is a low-end QB1 against a tough indie defense uh that being said uh, I would upgrade him if Brandon Cooks plays to like a mid-range RB1 David Johnson's on the COVID list we don't know if he's going to come off um, if he doesn't go, Duke Johnson's a low-end RB2. If he does go, neither guy is anything more than a flex. At wide receiver, Kiki Kuti and Chad Hansen, both wide receiver three type options. I would probably downgrade Hansen if Brandon Cooks is able to go in this game. Keep in mind, it is a tough matchup. Both Kuti and Chad Hansen had 100 yards when these two teams played two weeks ago. But uh, you just wonder if the if the levy has broken on Houston and Deshaun Watson has just exhausted all of the courage that he's had to this point. Got it. On the other side, the Colts. Mm-hmm. Joe, what's gotten into the Colts? They decided uh, something controversial, Ross. They decided that maybe giving Jonathan Taylor the football is a good idea. And all of a sudden, Jonathan Taylor has been a dominant fantasy back over the last number of weeks, obviously with a true breakout game coming last week with with just the huge plays. Um, He is big. He is fast. uh, And you just wonder, did the situation with COVID and the shortened offseason really affect guys like him and J.K. Dobbins? And DeAndre Swift, some of these guys getting off to slow starts. Well, Jonathan Taylor is a really good running back, and I, he is a top-five option this week against Houston. This is an abominable Houston defense. Phillip Rivers is playing at a super high level. He was 27-35 through two touchdowns against Houston two weeks ago. T.Y. Hilton, all of a sudden, this guy did not have a game of double-digit fantasy points for the first three months of the 2020 NFL season, and he's just been on a tear recently, and he kills the Houston Texans historically. He crushes them. He is in your lineup. Jonathan Taylor 
is in your lineup. You can use Naeem Hines as kind of a flex-type option. Um, He scored a rushing touchdown, caught three passes, but they are committing to Jonathan Taylor right now. Michael Pittman's kind of a wide receiver three. Um, But right now, Hilton's in my lineup. Taylor's in my lineup. I'm making a call on Pittman. I'm making a call on Naeem Hines. The tight ends here, they they run too many of them. Nobody here is worthwhile. But Phillip Rivers is one of the best quarterback streamers of the week against a really shorthanded and bad Houston defense. All right, let's move on to Lions and Titans with Matthew Stafford's status very much up in the air. Doesn't sound real good, Joe. Yeah, right now I'm looking at this game, and uh, it's not even it's not even on the board at the sports book I'm looking at. So um, people are worried about Matthew Stafford. If Matthew Stafford cannot play, I mean, it's a full downgrade across the board of of, of Detroit Lions. That goes without saying. I think the drop off from Stafford to Chase Daniel is as steep as there might be from a starter to backup quarterback in the NFL. One of the more underrated one drop offs. I mean, Chase Daniels. He's competent, I guess, but they don't have their weapons. DeAndre Swift didn't play a full snap share. I would expect that to go up. But you also wonder, if they don't have Matthew Stafford, is Daryl Bevel just going to decide here, let's shorten the game and run Adrian Peterson into the center of the line 25 times? It's a bad, bad, bad draw if Matthew Stafford cannot play, and it doesn't look like he will. So I'm considering DeAndre Swift a low-end RB2, uh, TJ Hawkinson is still a tight end one, but a downgrade there. And I don't want to play anybody at the wide receiver position for the Detroit Lions in this game. It's unfortunate, but that's just that's that's the way it's going to go here. It is not a good fantasy team. So the Titans, we know all about Derrick Henry. I, I guess mm-hmm. the question is you play receivers yeah. and tight ends. Yeah, yeah. Keep an eye on uh, AJ Brown's status and. You know they're in a they're in a dogfight for that division with Indianapolis. So the, right now they're they have every incentive to continue playing AJ Brown. But yet, just keep in mind if you have him for fantasy, he has been dinged up all season long. The knee injury, you know, he's been missing practices. Uh, two weeks ago, he gets the ankle injury and he plays through the ankle injury, but he tweaked it last week. Still went for over a hundred yards. So you play the guy if he's available to you, but uh, it's it's just something that you, where you wonder when is when's the break point for them? When do they decide? Okay, we're playing for the division. We want the home game, but we're not going to be the number one seed. We're not going to get the bye. So let's just be smart here so you just need to be cautious about that and because of that even though we did not have a, a a great game last week because of that with AJ Brown though I think Corey Davis is a really good option for a bounce back this week uh, against against Detroit that shorthanded defense had just three for 34 and he lost a fumble against the Jaguars but I think it's a really good bounce back spot for Corey Davis you know about Derrick Henry I think it's a good spot to use Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback one the tight ends with Johnny Smith coming back last week. He only caught two passes for 20 yards. I am off the Tennessee Titans tight ends right now. All right. I'm curious to get your thoughts on the Bucks coming off of the bye because there was some news there. Fournette benched. Antonio Brown didn't play as much. Shady McCoy actually looked decent. What does it mean? Yeah. Oh, but- Ronald Jones just had pinky surgery. So he's probably going to miss. I wouldn't count on having Ronald Jones for the rest of the fantasy playoffs, by the way, because this is, as our guy at Fantasy Points, Dr. Edwin Porras, Dr. of Physical Therapy said, this is very similar to the injury that Chris Godwin actually had earlier in the season. He missed a couple of games. So now you wonder if a guy doesn't need to catch the ball, 
it, is his recovery a little bit quicker because it's more of a handoff? But I wouldn't expect him to play in this game at the bare minimum. And then the question becomes, Leonard Fournette gets benched. Does he immediately become the lead back again? Do they give it to McCoy? Do they remember Keyshawn Vaughn? Yeah. He's still there. Does he get carries? I don't know what the situation's going to be, but it's a bummer because Ronald Jones had really started to emerge as a not not a not like a league winner, but a rock solid guy, high end RB2, low end RB1. You could go to each and every week and understand there's a reasonable expectation I'm going to get 15 fantasy points. I don't expect him to play this week. So that's going to be a really big problem. And it just I, I, I'm just wondering, Ross. First and foremost, this is a great matchup for Tom Brady, okay? Uh, Atlanta is, is a get-well matchup for passing games. It's a great matchup for Brady. Their run defense is far better than their than their pass defense. So I would expect the Bucs to come out chucking the football. But you look at Antonio Brown. You look at him playing under 50% of the snaps, and he's averaging like 8.7 yards per reception. And did the Buccaneers try to fix a problem that didn't exist? Is my question. And now Bruce Arians, we know in the early part of the offseason, this is somebody, he did not want Antonio Brown. Apparently after talking with Tom Brady, he decided, all right, we'll give him a shot. But Arians is controlling who's going out there. There's still some disconnect here. Brady is still missing a bunch of throws. So I think Evans, Godwin, and Brown. Evans, I'd consider a wide receiver two in this matchup. Godwin and Brown, low uh, wide receiver threes, because things are just not clicking for the Buccaneers. Whether it's Brady, whether it's Arians, whether it's Antonio Brown, it's a get-well game, but none of these guys have played well or consistently. For my, at least, they've played well at points, but consistently, it's been a problem for them all season long. They are playing the Falcons, who had a disappointing outing against the Chargers, to say the least. Uh, Ross, check out these splits right now. Matt Ryan is a completely different quarterback with Julio Jones. And and I understand. like If, if a receiver is going to be out, a guy with Julio Jones' pedigree, the quarterback is going to be worse. Okay, I understand that. But if you extrapolate Matt Ryan's numbers for the entire season out, in games in which Julio Jones played 70% of the snaps or more, Matt Ryan would rank as the quarterback eight in fantasy points per game. In the games where Julio is either out or plays less than 70% of the snaps, it is the equivalent of quarterback 38 in fantasy points per game. He is literally less than half as productive on a fantasy points per game basis when Julio Jones does not play versus when he does. And Julio Jones, as we know, I I don't know what their plan is. They have an interim coach. They don't have a front office. So this isn't a a front office that has a long-term view of, hey, we need to protect Julio for next year. They want to create jobs. They want to save jobs. I think Raheem Morris is cooked anyway, but they want to try to save jobs. So are they going to rush Julio back? I don't know. But if he doesn't go in this deep – I mean, even if he does go, I don't like Matt Ryan in this matchup. But if he doesn't go – Matt Ryan should be absolutely nowhere near the starting radar of your fantasy team. Nowhere near. Calvin Ridley, okay, you play him, but he is the only guy outside of Julio Jones I have I have any sort of confidence in for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Hayden Hurst has been playing through injury. He has not been good at all. The run game is abominable. It's terrible. Todd Gurley is droppable, has been for a number of weeks. Um, if Julio Jones doesn't play, it's basically Calvin Ridley or bust for me. Okay, let's move on. You got the Patriots and the Dolphins. 
Another oh. 1 o'clock Eastern game. This might be one of the worst, two or three worst fantasy games of the year. Cam Newton's been terrible. He got benched last week. Um, I would anticipate him to start. Uh, I think Bill Belichick said he's still our quarterback, but I don't want to play him against this Miami defense. D- uh, Damian Harris doesn't catch enough footballs, nor does he run for enough touchdowns to be anything more than a flex. Their wide receivers stink. Um, I mean, their best receiver is Jacoby Myers, who I don't want anywhere near a fantasy lineup right now. Um, I'll be honest, Ross. By the way, James White had like two fantasy points last week. The only Patriot that I am even considering this week is Damian Harris. That's it. It's, I mean, there's no other reason to even, to even go near this team with 16 teams playing and all the, all the options that are out there. Okay. Um, on the other side, you got the Dolphins, and they got no running backs. Gaskin goes on COVID list. Their receivers are all hurt. I mean, what the heck, Joe? Gasicki got hurt. He scored two. T- he's been coming on of late, too, and it looked like that might be like a shoulder. Um, you worry about a labrum tear there, so you have to keep an eye on his status. Devontae Parker has what they're calling a mild hamstring. The problem is he hasn't produced with Tua anyway. So um, I'm not playing Devontae Parker this week. Uh um, you, you have uh, all the – Jakeem Grant is is injured. So the guy I think a lot of people are looking at for Miami, and this might be the best the best option for anybody here, is Lynn Bowden, the rookie, um, running back, receiver, whatever you want to call him. Well, he's got dual eligibility on Yahoo. You can play him as either a running back or a wide receiver. He is my favorite new uh, Miami – he's my favorite fantasy player in this entire game. Now, you have to monitor, is Salvan Ahmed going to play? Um, is, is, is Gaskin going to come off the COVID list? I'm not sure about that. DeAndre Washington was kind of a disappointment last week. I will tell you uh, that, that Lynn Bowden is my favorite fantasy play from this entire game, which frankly tells you more what I think about this game for fantasy than it tells you about Lynn Bowden. Jags and Ravens. It's Minshew time again against the Ravens who put up 47 on Monday night. Yeah, but how about this? They gave up 42. And that, see, I was way more worried about the Raven offense than I was about the Raven defense, but they get torched by the Cleveland Browns. The problem is I don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars have that kind of firepower. Um, You know they're going to give the ball to James Robinson, whether or not Gardner Minshew's at quarterback. But how about how the Browns running backs ran all over Baltimore? So Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt got in the end zone um, a combined four times in that game. So you look at the running back for James Robinson and say, hey, they're going to try to run the football. The guy who has been snake bitten the most this year, no matter who's been at quarterback, Glennon at quarterback, Minshew at quarterback, um, Luton at quarterback, DJ Chark has been the most snake bitten guy for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He is like this year's version of Curtis Samuel. He's averaging over 100 air yards per game, and he's like wide receiver 40 in total scoring. So he has been snake bitten. Just keep that in mind. File that away. He's a great bounce back candidate next year when it's Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Trevor Lawrence or Zach or, or um, what, what's uh, why? Why is the kid's name from uh, uh, BYU slipping my mind? Um, well, the BYU quarterback, uh, he, uh, whether it's any of these guys, um, at quarterback for, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars next year, DJ Chark's a great bounce back candidate, but I don't want to play any of these receivers and especially not Minshew, uh, against this Baltimore defense, which I think is going to be angry at giving up 42 points to the Cleveland Browns. Zach Wilson, That's by the way. I, I, was, I wanted to say Zach Moss and Zach Martin, who are two different players, but yeah, yeah another common name. So, uh, no, yeah, no worries. But, no worries. Yeah. What about for the Ravens? Uh, well, for, for Baltimore, hey, 
Um, I really hope Lamar uh, has some gold bond um, because I bet you it's hurting to sit for him today. Um, after uh, after what happened uh, uh, last night, we're recording this on Tuesday um, with Lamar's uh, Ross. Uh, you've had cramps, I'm sure. Did that look like a cramp walk to you? Uh, I don't know. It could be both, but who cares? Yeah, I mean, he comes out. He comes out and he throws a touchdown on his first play. Um, he missed some throws, but I think Lamar is always going to be somebody who's going to miss some throws and. He went out and he ran for 124. This is the this is the Lamar Jackson that people drafted in the second round. Unfortunately, you haven't gotten that guy for almost the entire season. But if you've managed to last until this point, I think you can have a big time level of confidence in Lamar Jackson against this defense. Hollywood Brown has a case of the dropsies. I mean, thank God he got in the end zone, but he's crushed you all year. The big thing that I take away from that game is in the backfield. They have finally narrowed things. Mark Ingram played one snap against the Cleveland Browns. Meanwhile, Gus Edwards scores two touchdowns. J.K. Dobbins scores a touchdown. That needs to continue. I think both of those guys are RB2s against the Jacksonville Jaguars in a game in which Baltimore is favored by quite a bit. All right. Bears, Vikings. Dare I say the Bears and David Montgomery are getting frisky, Joe. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky's playing pretty well. Um, obviously, you know, Mitchell Trubisky taking on Deshaun Watson head-to-head. He has settled that debate with that 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 stellar performance against the Texans last week. Um, all joking aside, it's another decent week to stream Mitchell Trubisky if you need him uh, against Minnesota's defense. Um, uh, Allen Robinson, obviously, is a great option, but we, we've been saying it for weeks on the podcast. David Montgomery with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback has been significantly more effective than he was with Nick Foles at quarterback. They run the ball more. They run it more from under center set sets. I mean, David Montgomery's an RB one right now. Allen Robinson is a wide receiver one and Mitchell Trubisky's a viable quarterback streamer. Uh, I think you can stream Cole Komet, the tight end as well. He had seven targets. The problem is they still go to Jimmy Graham in the red zone, but Cole Komet is a streamable tight end right now. The Bears offense, hey, if they want to save the job of Matt Nagy, they are doing a heck of a job of that right now because they're scoring points. The play calling's gotten into a groove and Mitchell Trubisky is playing pretty good football. I know that can collapse at any point, but he is putting the ball into the hands of the right people for fantasy. David Montgomery, Allen Robinson, and with a dash of Cole Komet. What about the Vikings? Big stinker last week. I mean, you know you know what to do with Dalvin Cook. Um, he did great in that awful matchup against Tampa Bay. Uh, but it was unfortunate for Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen to just throw up the stinker that they did. Um I would anticipate those guys, even in a tough matchup against Chicago, to bounce back. And they're they're both have to be in your lineup. If you manage, I had a team. I have both of them on a team that I managed to survive, um, and I feel lucky about that. But I'm just excited to fire them back up this week. And I think Kirk Cousins is a reasonable quarterback streamer, um, although he's got the tougher matchup of the two quarterbacks in this game. Uh, the one guy who I think uh, people are going to ask about because of the tight end position, you know, maybe you lost Mike Gesicki. People could be asking about Irv Smith, who had four catches for 63 yards and a touchdown and really looked like a difference maker uh, for Minnesota last week. The only thing I would say is keep an eye on the status of Kyle Rudolph, who was an I think it was 93 straight starts that uh, his streak ended um, last week with the injury. If he's back, you wonder if Irv Smith is going to get as much attention in the passing game. 
Niners Cowboys, the final game here in part one of the Fantasy Feast podcast, the show that's so nice. We do it twice, and we will, of course, break down the late games on Sunday as well as the Sunday nighter and Monday nighter on part two, as we always do. But to wrap up part one here, Joe, Niners Cowboys. Is Jeff Wilson a running uh, um, a league winner right now? He might be because the Niners are decimated in the backfield. They don't trust Jarek McKinnon at all. Tevin Coleman's been terrible all year when he hasn't been hurt. Raheem Mostert has to go for an MRI on his ankle. I mean, if all of that holds true and Mostert isn't able to play this week, I think Jeff Wilson's like a high-end RB2 in this game. Maybe an RB1 given it's Dallas's run defense. And I know – Look, I know Cincinnati didn't do anything last week. Cincinnati's the worst fantasy team there is right now, with the exception of maybe the Jets. So, uh, I mean, let's let's just be frank there. I think Jeff Wilson could put up some massive numbers in this game. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is just – he's over his, like, last month. He's on, like, a 1,500-yard pace. Uh, he's a wide receiver, too, high end in this matchup. Debo Samuel is out. Uh, he's not going to play. The other guy to watch, is George Kittle really going to come back? With all the injuries that San Francisco has had, is George Kittle actually going to play this week? He says he wants to. Um, he had the foot injury. It was an uncommon injury. He's right at the end. He's right on that timetable. The question is, do the 49ers really want to risk it? Do John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, with all the injuries that this team has had this year, want to risk George Kittle coming back? If he does, I think for most teams, you've got to play him. Maybe pick him up off the waiver wire um, because, again, it's the tight end position. You don't have the luck. I mean, are you playing? Are you playing George Kittle or are you playing Dalton Schultz? I mean, it's a pretty easy answer for me if George Kittle manages to play in this game. Um, but that is just something that I don't know why the 49ers would risk it, given all the injuries that they've had across the board. Cowboys, um, what's of note there? Uh, Zeke Elliott, man, thirty to seven. You beat the Bengals thirty. You beat the pants off the Bengals. 30 to 7, as everybody anticipated you might do. And Zeke Elliott can't get you like nine points. He's a, he's like a flex right now. This run game is abominable. CD, uh, CD Lamb, uh, John Hansen on Sirius XM has been calling it the silence of the Lamb. He hasn't been doing anything of late. The one guy I feel particularly good about, though, is Amari Cooper, who's playing at a super high level. Um, I know he only had five, uh, four catches. He had 51 yards. He also scored a touchdown last week. But I, he just seems to be getting consistently open. That's the one guy. I, I think Zeke is – if you're survived to this point, you probably can't afford to bench Zeke. But I think he's more of a flex. And Amari Cooper is a wide receiver, too. But for the rest of this Cowboys team, they're just not producing at a consistent enough level for me to trust anybody in this matchup against San Francisco. I'm, I, I'm with you on that, Joe. That'll do it, by the way, for part number one here of the Fantasy Feast Eaton podcast presented by FantasyPoints.com. Make sure you use the code FEAST when you go to FantasyPoints.com. It's almost Greg Cosell draft breakdown season. And also, finish the fantasy season strong. Plus, they'll have all kinds of DFS content for the playoffs. So you're going to want to get on the fantasypoints.com train now. Use the code FEAST. Follow Joe everywhere he is, at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We love any engagement. Retweets, tweets, quote tweets, likes, whatever it is. We very much appreciate it. Part one in the books, part two 
coming to you now. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.